Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. On this episode, we will be giving you our picks for the top travel apps and products that we recommend you use on your next vacation. We are pleased to be joined by two friends of the show, Dean and Paul. They are two of the three hosts of one of our favorite podcasts, Butter and Bacon, The Good Stuff of Disney. Let's meet everyone. I'm Scott. This is Dean. And I'm Paul. And you're listening to the Stuff We Love Podcast. Just want to mention as we begin that the Stuff We Love podcast is now available on Spotify. You can listen on there in addition to all of the other podcast platforms. We thank you for subscribing. As I mentioned in the introduction, we are joined tonight by a couple of the hosts of one of our top podcasts, Butter and Bacon, The Good Stuff of Disney. Dean and Paul, I'm going to turn it over to you now to tell us a little bit about the Butter and Bacon podcast. We are an extremely scripted show. <laughs> Very formal. Very formal. Yes, that's that, very formal. Very formal. That's what yes. we're known for. Yes, formality. Uh, we're also known for having Amy, who unfortunately could not join us today. Yes. Um, yeah, basically we, we try and uh, cover throughout the Disney realm, whether it be theme parks mostly, but also TV shows, movies, sports, uh, books that come out. Um, I know, Dean, we've done, some, uh, we've done some actually great interviews with some of the creators um, I've, uh, we, we had Tom K. Morris, one of the original Imagineers for Disneyland Paris on our show. It, we kind of run the gamut, um, almost like a variety show of Disney podcasts. Yeah, I think our, our focus is typically not to be topical, uh, current, but to be topical evergreen. Right. So while we will sometimes tackle, uh, you know, a hot topic, if hot topic, if it shows up, uh, if it's something that's just too pressing not to mention, we'll talk about it. But you'll find if you look in our catalog of shows, you could go back and listen to stuff a year, two years old, and it's still relevant today. We're, we're trying to tackle hotel reviews or uh, history of a, a of a place that's Disney related and less so about what's this week's news. Mm hmm. Right, and lately we've added in um, a couple fantastic in-park correspondents um, that uh, generously donate their time and their bandwidth with Carrie and with Nick with sending in live ride-throughs of audio, sitting and listening to a parade. Amy actually did that. She sat and she, we did an episode, what, what was it, like five iterations of the Move It, Shake It, Work It, Work It, just a little <laughs> bit parade in the Magic Kingdom. I remember um, that, that Amy episode. Yes, it was, I believe it was called Amy Trips. You can find it on there. And uh, yeah, so I mean, just getting you right back, I have to tell you, I have a severe backlog. Um, I handle most of the editing these days. And Nick sent me, no joke, 40 recordings wow. from his most recent trip. Um, I'm going to actually try and post one in the next couple of days. He did a great uh, ride of the Skyliner, oh. which I was getting ready to post until the Skyliner had an accident. And I thought, no, maybe that's not in the best taste to right. right now. Although if he was stuck on the Skyliner recording, that could have made for a very powerful episode. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a hot drop. We would have just put that up raw. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nick, we're going live. We're doing live. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've uh, mentioned your podcast here on the Stuff We Love show a bunch of times. I really love listening to it. And I say that not just because we're friends, but I really, as a Disney fan and someone who frequently goes to the theme parks, I really do get a lot out of your podcast. I've gotten vacation tips from both of you, from the other guests you've had on the show. And I find it just a very entertaining podcast in the, in the world of Disney podcasts. It's a little bit different. It stands out. And every time I see a new episode in my feed, I get very excited. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. There's a new one in the can waiting to be released. 
That's right. I can't wait. So before we get to the uh, the main topic tonight, I just wanted to touch base with you guys. We are recording this less than a week before Thanksgiving. What are your thoughts? What are your plans? You doing any shopping, Black Friday stuff? What's going on? Wow, it's been a while since I've done Black Friday stuff. So I, I have I have literally done the you know get up at three in the morning, when, uh, Friday morning, and go out and shop. Right. And I've kind of avoided that the last few years. So I, I have not looked at a Black Friday ad yet. I don't want to rush past the importance of Thursday. Yes. Thur- Thursday is an important day. Thursday is all about food mm-hmm. and football and family and friends. The, the the four F's, if you will, of the holiday. So uh, that that's the big part to me. I know we, we've broken down Thanksgiving over the years. I think we, we text or, or tweet a lot and, and talk about the, the highs and lows. Uh, for me this year, I think the football matchups are on the low side. Nice. Uh, I think for Paul, the 4 o'clock game might be a highlight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for the food is always a highlight to me. I make the turkey. My wife tends to make literally everything else. Um, so I am looking forward to the meal. And then uh, we'll be heading down in your guys' direction. We are actually skipping Black Friday altogether and going to the city okay. uh, for Black Friday. So It's it's magical. Yeah, I can't uh, wait. We, which which sounds so passe and it's a big cliche to go into new york city but it 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 really is awesome at the holidays particularly after thanksgiving sure paulie what about you any good plans well uh i have a tradition that i've spoken about a couple times on our show that uh, my wife and my daughter go over to my in-laws house they live about 10 minutes away and they will spend the night Wednesday night because my wife does most of the cooking for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And my in-laws have a much larger house, so they host. I stay at our house, and I do the Disney winterfication, Christmasfication of our house. Nice. So that when my wife and daughter come home Thanksgiving night, after seeing the Macy Day Parade... <laughs> And after watching Christmas movies and after watching the Bills defeat the Dallas Cowboys at the 4 o'clock yes. game, go Bills. Go Bills. I'll say that here. As a Giants yeah. fan, I want the Bills to win. Yes, of course you do. Go Bills. I'm a Jets fan. Still say yes. go Bills. Sure. But they come home, and the first thing they see are the exterior illumination. I have the multicolor LEDs outside, and they're on. And then they walk in, and I have lit garland running along the top of the uh, ceiling, you know, or the top of the wall along the ceiling. And the Christmas tree is up and lit. And I have uh, the Christmas bins are down for my wife and my daughter to do the decorating and also to hang the ornaments on the tree. But it's really more about, you know, getting, getting the lights up and really getting into that festive mood. I like the tradition because Wednesday when I leave work, you know, get out a little early, I get home. The dogs are over at the in-laws. I basically have the house to myself. I put on the Lord of the Rings. Nice. And this is weird. But I put it on really loud so I can hear it everywhere I am in the house. Because the particularly the Elven music is very Christmassy to me. Mm-hmm. And I get so it. I'm walking around, I re- it really gets me in the mood. I'm I'm hanging these lights. Of course, it's getting dark at what, four thirty? <laughs> Maybe even earlier if it's cloudy. Yeah. The weather's getting colder. And it really just gets me into the holiday mode. And I, I, I love that our tradition is that, that I get over to my in-laws and Thanksgiving is already basically underway. The house smells fantastic over there. Turkey, the stuffing. Um, uh, Dean, you'd like this. My wife has taken to um, not just doing a brine, but doing a bacon-wrapped turkey. Ah. Yes. Bacon-wrapped Good turkey. Woman. Wow. Put a ring yes. on our finger. Oh, wait, you did that. That, that, is stuff, that is stuff we love. That is stuff <laughs> that we is, love right there. Oh, bacon is definitely stuff we love. 
and then she puts the bacon after it's been on the turkey into the stuffing. So it is nice. butter, it's bacon, it's the good stuff of tur- of turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's. Uh, will there be any cornbread present at either of your Thanksgivings? I would say no, not at mine. Based on I'm going to my in-laws, and based on historical experiences, <laughs> there's not going to be cornbread. You're ordering out that night, aren't you? I'm not going to comment because uh, I don't want to put a strain on my marriage. <laughs> so let yeah, me just say this. There is no I convenient could. TV in that house for me to watch football. They don't have the TV anywhere near the living room upstairs. So I'm going to have to try to either sneak it in on my phone on YouTube TV or to the basement. Just YouTube so. TV or get that NFL membership pass. Right. <laughs> you can just watch on your phone directly. I may need to make cornbread, and the reason that Dean brings that up is I had a fantastically awful idea for cornbread uh, in one of our past episodes that um, I I kind of think you need to seek out the episode titled Children of the Corn. It's the first one that Amy appeared on, particularly the outtakes. I think the outtakes were two-thirds of the show. All of our listeners should absolutely check that out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, guys, before we continue, I just thought one of the things I always wanted to do on Thanksgiving slash Black Friday that time, you know, there's always people lined up outside Best Buy or for these amazing TV deals or sound bar deals, whatever it is. I was actually going to go with my friends and wait online. And if anybody asked what we were waiting for, I was going to just tell them we were online for the $2 DVDs (laughs) or something ridiculous. (laughs) And and it's like just like trample each other, trying to get some, you know, like the last action hero for a dollar on (laughs) DVD. Like I, that. I have done the wait outside the store uh, for a Hatchimal. Hatchimal. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Remember the Hatchimals a yes. few years ago? Oh, oh, man. I, I did that on multiple occasions. One time I got shut out. Uh, I think there was I was maybe 16th in line, and they had a shipment of 12 come in. Oh. And then uh, did it again the next day and made sure I was closer than 12 in line. And, and it wasn't literally the next day. It was a week later and uh, and got it. So uh, wow. we have it. I have not done a waiting in line since the late '90s. Um, Star Wars toys were released, you know, sure. for the for the prequels. Um, I did yeah. wait in line to get stormtroopers. Oddly enough, that was the one thing I could not find anywhere in the stores. And they said, "Oh, Black Friday, we have a new shipment. All the figures are here." So we we did at two thirty in the morning. We went and I waited in line. I think they opened the doors at five, maybe a little earlier. Is this Toys R Us? Uh, where was that? I think it was Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I got all 10 of the Stormtroopers that I wanted to get. Nice. Good work. 10. And the reason I needed those that many is because I had a scene that I had created with the Slave One, Boba Fett, Han Solo, and Carbonite. I needed Stormtroopers to be <laughs> shooting at them. And everybody except them. And I got them. Now the equivalent of that is paying $4,000 to design a lightsaber <laughs> in Galaxy's right. Edge. Right. Or I can have Stormtrooper. You know, I could probably cheaper buy the Stormtrooper outfit and take pictures of myself in it <laughs> and then Photoshop print them <laughs> That's out. That's right. And there they are. Uh, well, guys, I, I wish you both a happy Thanksgiving and all of our listeners a happy Thanksgiving. And maybe you'll spend some of your Thanksgiving listening to this episode, especially if you're stuffed and don't feel like eating anymore. Tonight on the show, what we wanted to actually talk about were recommendations for you, our listeners, when it comes to products or apps that we use when we travel one of the things we hear a lot from our fans is that they like that this show is a recommendation show that they get movie advice music advice and so forth from listening to the hosts and i thought tonight because we all love to travel we've been to a bunch of different places that we would discuss some of the things we use when we are on those 
trips. So uh, let's go around. We'll do, uh, we each have three, I believe. And we'll go one at a time. I'm going to start it off with Paul. What is something you recommend to the listeners? Uh, well, the, the first one, and it, and it might sound, uh, you know, it's, it's a small thing that I think a lot of people overlook, but I sign up for every text alert mm-hmm. that is possible. Right. Um, and and I, I come with that, uh, with, with actually a story. We had a flight. We uh, typically fly United out of Newark um, when we go down to Walt Disney World because United, once they bought Continental, it's basically nine out of ten flights out of Newark is United. So right. we fly United. That being said, sign up for the text alerts, and I also have the United app and all of this stuff, blah, blah, blah. I got notified that our flight had changed before any other method of communication with the text alert. I got it probably a good 45 minutes before the app notified me that the flight had changed. Mm -hmm. By that time, I had been able to go to the counter, first in line, because, you know, everybody else was just waiting for the flight, changed our flights. And because our flight had changed and I was in person, the ticket agent said there's no change fee at that time. Now, I'm not sure, you know, that might not hold true for everybody. You know, your, your mileage may vary. But because I had signed up for the text alert, which, again, was free, all I had to do was put in my, my, you know, my cell phone number, I was notified before anybody else. Oddly enough, once the app notified people, all of a sudden there was a line. Right. So, you know, it's a very simple thing. I do it for hotels that we sign in, you know, that we uh, stay. I do it for any kind of airfare. I do it for rental car. I do it for anything that I can. I sign up for those text alerts because you never know when you might get notified earlier than any other method that you have. Yeah, you know, that's a great recommendation, Paul. And it happened to me on a recent trip to Miami. I was staying at a Hilton hotel in Hollywood, Florida, which is next to Miami. And uh, I got an alert through my Hilton app on the phone that I could check in in advance, which I did. And sure enough, even though I got there early the next day, the room was already ready. So those early notifications, they, they, they definitely help you out when you travel. They save you time and hassle down the road. Uh, Paul, something else I want to mention when you talked about flying United to Orlando, I happened to see yesterday on the website, the points guy that starting in March of next year from Newark, New Jersey to Orlando, United's going to be flying the Boeing 777 plane, which is massive. It's going to fly. I don't know if it's going to be daily flights. There's only a few bookings now available in March, but I, I actually may be going down there in March and I'm definitely going to take that flight if I can. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, it, it, it almost becomes, or what it is currently from Newark to Orlando is it's nearly on the hour um, right. flights down there, which, as you'd imagine, that's a lot of fuel. Those new planes are so fuel efficient, they mm-hmm. could probably get two flights and replace three flights, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and probably save fuel in, in the process. So they'll have the same amount of people in a fewer flight. <laughs> going down there so um hey i'm fine with that i think they even fly faster you've flown out of newark to go to orlando isn't it funny how some flights are two and a half hours and others are like an hour 48 very strange i've been on so many flights from newark to orlando on mostly uh, JetBlue and united and there's no consistency usually if you fly very early in the morning you can get down there extremely quickly yeah Uh, but other times it just it I guess it's wind patterns, number of planes in the sky, maybe, but it does vary. I mean, it's possible, but I mean, even even like wind, like even like temperature. I'm always checking those things because yeah. I'm a nerd. That, you know, I'm checking. Oh, where's the jet stream? You know, all of these things, and and <laughs> and it's just it's it's bizarre. Yes, because like they they don't even do the we've entered the Orlando International Airspace. We need to circle and wait for you know we're fifth in line to land. No, none of that. 
It is take off, do the weird gyrations you have to do when you leave Newark airspace. Yes. Um, then it's straight down, fly over the Carolinas, and land. And it has been anywhere from, I think the longest was like two hours, 45 minutes, and the shortest was like an hour, 45 minutes. I don't get it. Something else I wanted to ask you guys, actually, because I know you're both uh, Disney travel agents specializing in Disney. Do you, yeah. see a, do you see a lot of people from the Northeast flying into Tampa when they go to Disney? And the reason I ask is because when I went to Florida a couple of weeks ago, I flew into Tampa because I was going to Sarasota first. And there were, the plane was full of people going to Disney. That's interesting. It, I it's have not, not that far. That. Right. First of all, I mean, the, the drive from MCO to Disney property is, if you do it yourself, it's probably 25 minutes in a right. car. Maybe forty-five on the Tragical Express bus. Depends uh, on how you're paying for tolls, but yes. Yeah, Tampa to to uh, Disney property is probably just an hour. Mm-hmm. A li- maybe slightly over. I mean, the traffic will vary, but it, it's not a bad alternative. I've had some clients that go through Tampa. Uh, mostly, though, schedule-wise, you can get a better schedule in Orlando for most people, especially right. in the Northeast. And usually the price is about the same. Mm-hmm. So the Magical Express being available at MCO and not TPA kind of sways people to MCO. Right. And then if unless you're getting a real good cost savings, I don't think too many people do it. But it's definitely a viable alternative. It's it's not like flying to Fort Lauderdale or something. You know, right. it's a, Tampa's not bad. Yeah, it just and the struck, Tampa airport yep. is big. It is big. And I just not to get sidetracked, but I'll tell you guys when I landed in Tampa. I was going to pick up my rental car and I lost my backpack that was on my back. It was so light. It didn't have a lot in there. It slipped off my back. And they found, even though that airport is huge, it, it was found and turned in before I was able to leave. So I was able to pick it up. It was one of the most frustrating experiences I've ever had in an airport. So just a random story to entertain our listeners. No, yes. that's that's uh, that's actually pretty efficient. <laughs> yes, I'm I wonder impressed. if people are flying into Tampa for a rental car availability. That could be, and I guess if flights to Orlando are booked at a busy time, there may be more availability going to Tampa. Yeah. But yeah, there were quite a few on the plane. I'd say maybe even the majority of people were going to Disney because you could tell because they were talking about it or wearing magic bands and all that good stuff. So, uh, Dean, let's turn it over to you. What is something you recommend uh, for for traveling? Um, I'll go. I'll give you a product actually. So it's something we picked up a handful of years ago now. Uh, our normal, particularly for a Disney trip, uh, our normal flight out of Hartford is six a.m. Uh, sometimes it's six thirty. The latest we usually do is seven, but you know, we'll try to get that first flight out for the day. I love the concept of waking up in Connecticut, flying down, and having breakfast mm-hmm. at Kona. Yeah. The fact that I can wake up in, in my home state and have breakfast at Kona is just like I try to we race for that almost every trip. Sure. So um, we actually, you know, the, flying is not the most comfortable way to travel, to, to be frank, uh, particularly when you're tall uh, and, and you have a lot of not a lot of room around you. So trying to get a little bit of extra comfort on the flight uh, went to is a website and it's good for a lot of travel products. I believe it's called Travelsmith. And they had a lightweight but pretty heavy quality blanket. And my wife is in love with this thing. So mm-hmm. we travel with our Travelsmith blanket. The cool part about the blanket is even though it's a full-size blanket, it'll cover you nicely on the plane. I mean, let's be honest, you don't – I don't even know if they do it anymore, but you certainly don't want to take the handed-out pillow and blanket from the airplane anymore. Uh, you know, maybe that – maybe I'm showing my age by remembering the fact when they used to hand out those things mm-hmm. to use. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but th- this is a, a nice blanket. It'll get you cozy. And again, when we're getting on a plane at 530 in the morning, sure. uh, my wife or my son falling back asleep is almost a given. So they like to have their little travel blanket. But when you're done and you don't want to use it anymore, it rolls up so small and so tight. It's got its own little carrying case. It would almost fit in my pocket, my jeans. So it's a nice little quality blanket. It's uh, it's lightweight but heavy, like so to keep you warm if you're worried about temperature. Mm-hmm. And on those early morning flights, it's real nice to kind of snuggle in and try to fall back asleep. I like that recommendation. And as you were talking, I did go to the Travelsmith website. It looks phenomenal. I'm going to be checking that out for holiday gifts. Looks like there's a lot of good stuff on on there. Great holiday gift. Yeah. If, yeah. if you got a, someone, a friend or family that you're shopping for that likes to travel, I think it'd be a nice little holiday gift. I'll tell you guys a funny story. So on that flight to Tampa that I mentioned about, t- t- talked about a second ago. So I'm in a row, you know, sitting in my seat. The seat next to me is empty. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. I'll get some extra room. Right as we're about to take off, before they close the door, this guy sits down, starts talking to me. He says, I'm so hungover. I was out for my dad's birthday till 3.30 in the morning. So <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is going to be interesting. He then proceeds to just cover his eyes and look like he's about to vomit before we even oh, no. take it off. <laughs> That could have gone very poorly for you. <laughs> very poorly. Uh, my, uh, I wouldn't call this a product, but uh, something I do recommend to listeners is if you are flying to go to the we- website flightaware.com. I actually mm. meant to check if they have an app. I'm not sure they do. But what this uh, website is all about, it's a place for you to learn about the flight you're going to be taking. So, for example, it'll tell you where the plane is coming from, the route that it took, what your anticipated route is. I've actually seen delays for my flights mentioned on there before some other places, which is interesting. And that could be a bad thing too, because you know if you're flying, let's say from Newark to Orlando, and your flight is delayed, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'll get down there just a little bit late. But then when you actually look on flightaware.com, where your flight is and you see it's in LA or something like that. It, it definitely hmm. could be uh, not very helpful to maintaining your sanity, if that makes any uh, sense. But uh, I do like it because like you said, Paul, I'm kind of a nerd with this stuff. I like to get as much information about my trip as possible and flightaware.com. It gives you all of that, which is really cool. And it's fun to look at the history of the plane, where it's been, if it's traveled abroad, if it's just domestic, if you like that type of stuff, I recommend that. Yeah, and it's definitely one of the things that, you know, Dean, it lends credence to your wanting to take the 6 a.m. flight out. Typically, that plane has arrived the night before. Yes. We will have a lot less incidents of that first flight being delayed because the plane has been sleeping. If you've seen uh, Disney planes, Uh, (laughs) you know, Disney tunes, uh, good planes, fire and rescue. Um, That's one of the other things that I love, unironically. But... um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, th- those early flights are, are neat because the plane is typically there. Right. Flight Aware does, it really shines a light because you imagine, you know, like I had said before, it's nearly on the hour, the flights from Newark to Orlando. It's not the same plane, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not a, a, it's not a literal bus going back and forth. That plane that went from Newark to Orlando might be heading to Dallas-Fort Worth or St. Louis or Chicago or mm-hmm. something. It, and that always surprised me. But, you know, there's a method to their madness that, you know what, that's why they do what they do. And, Paul, let's turn it over to you now for your, your next recommendation. Well, my second recommendation is actually something that uh, I would not have thought to recommend until we started talking before the show. And uh, for me, in my personal use, it's my Apple Watch. But I would recommend any kind of wearable device um, that you can use on your trip 
to, you know, keep track of, you know, of course, the time, but also, um, you know, fitness tracking. Uh, if you have the Fitbit, not only tells you the time, but it can tell you how many steps you've taken. And it's one of those things that when you travel, I don't think you notice how much more you are active from your day to day. And it really strikes home, you know, depending, on the, of course, on your vacation. But on a Disney vacation in particular, you're going to get exhausted by the third day because you might not be used to walking, and I'm not exaggerating, 15 to 20 miles a day. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when, when you go to Epcot, that you parked your car and you're in, you know, uh, Emperor Zurg 10 or whatever they've renamed the parking lots, and you walk up because the tram only runs 50 feet now, and then you have to walk through <laughs> all of the construction walls. And now you're over and, it, oh, I want to eat at Rosen Crown. So now you go over there and then you have your fast pass for Frozen Ever After. So now you got to walk over there and now I'm going to do the American adventure. It's like 1 p.m. and you've already done, and I'm not exaggerating, five miles of walking. Right. Well, the so, loop around World Showcase is uh, 1.3 miles itself. So people there's don't realize, the reason it's the end of the marathon. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize <laughs> that because you're really strolling along and you're distracted by all the great sights and sounds. But yeah, it's really cool to have a tracker that lets you know how far you've gone. And to give you a, a current update, Paul, uh, I've gone 2,966 steps today. Yeah. Currently, at the moment, let's see. Right so, Dean, now, you're not at Disney. I, I am not at Disney now. No, he's not at Disney, but I, I tend to pace when um, I talk on one of these wonderful podcasts. So I'm up to 6,447 steps, oh, not, not bad, which is 3.19 miles. But, um, you know, a, along from just your steps. But, you know, if you do have any kind of uh, medical considerations, it can help you keep track of, depending on your tracker, your heart rate. It can help you um, some later models, even your blood pressure. Or um, and I think there are some coming up that can even, if you have uh, any kind of diabetes, it can, it can monitor your blood sugar, which is crazy. But, you know, it's really one of those things that, particularly when you're on vacation, you're out of your normal daily routine, whether it be keeping track of your, you know, your fitness or, you know, making sure that you actually get some relaxation on your supposedly relaxing vacation, um, that, you know, some kind of wearable device will help you with that. It also makes you feel less guilty about treating yourself food-wise when you're on vacation if you know you've walked 20,000 steps. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a justification for Boma brunch. Well, you're going appetizer, dinner, and dessert. So you can say, yeah, but I had 23,000 steps today. Right. Uh, I agree. So, Dean, let's turn it over to you. What's the next product or app or whatever it is that you recommend? Yeah, I'll give you another product, and, yeah. and this one is um, it, it is a little bit Disney-focused for me, but I also do this even when I'm traveling for work or, or to other places for vacation. But I, I think, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is a Northeast bias, so maybe maybe not even, maybe it's, a, maybe it's me. I don't know. You, you guys let me know. <laughs> I feel like when I go to places that I'm not familiar with, the tap water doesn't taste the same. It just doesn't taste good. And I think there is particularly Florida water, which I can best describe as smelling like sulfur. Mm. And so I've gotten in the habit, and I'll I'll name brand it because I usually use the Brita one. There's a Brita premium water filter bottle. So it's a refillable water bottle that you can bring with you. And again, when you're taking, like Paul was talking about, 30,000 steps in a day, you need to hydrate anyway. Uh, But 
we, we take these Brita water bottles on vacation with us. They have a built-in filter into the top. So as you're squeezing the water to drink it and it comes out the spout on top, it's going through a water filter. And it gets rid of that nasty Florida water flavor that I don't like. Um, they're not very large. They run uh, different sizes, obviously. we I think we have the 26-ounce one. Might be 20-ounce, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. So it's not too cumbersome, particularly if you carry a backpack when you're on vacation, which we often do. I just throw it in the backpack, and we take it around. Uh, if you want to be Disney-specific, this then allows you to go to any counter service place, ask for an ice water so you're not spending 350 for a bottle of water you pour it into your brita water filter bottle drink it out of your brita water filter and it gets rid of that sulfur flavor that i think florida tap water tastes like and you get that anywhere amazon.com any place like that oh yeah we picked them up i think at target but yeah amazon target walmart probably has them too and again it's it's typical florida for us but when i go on work uh, trips or when we go on vacation uh, anywhere we'll take them along because don't always want to have to stop to buy bottled water and it's a lot easier to just throw Throw a few ice cubes in from the hotel room, fill it up with water before we go or pick it up on the road and, and keep going. My wife and what? I were, w- went to dinner the other night, and then afterwards we met up with my brother and a friend at Friendly's for dessert, and we yeah. ordered water. And for whatever reason, when I took a sip of the water, the first thing I thought was that this tastes like it came out of my bathroom sink. <laughs> I just couldn't <laughs> drink it. <laughs> just couldn't drink it. That's, that's, see, that's my immediate I drink thought. I my bathroom sink water. I know. We oh, all yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, definitely. when we brush our teeth. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if nothing else, then uh, if you don't care about the water flavor, think of this as environmentally friendly. No, this is this is a great instead recommendation. Of, instead of really. ripping through, and it's also economical. So instead of ripping through six bottled waters and, and filling up a landfill and spending, if you're at Disney, that's probably twenty five dollars. Uh, you can have one water bottle that you buy from probably you know at the range of eighteen to 20, 30 bucks, maybe mm-hmm. depending on where you go and what size you get. Uh, that you can certainly replace very quickly and be economical as well. So if you don't agree with me that Florida tap water tastes terrible, uh, go try Pittsburgh tap water and then also just get <laughs> yeah. this water bottle. Look, it's always good to drink the filtered water. You never know what's in there. So it's uh, I like the fact that it's portable and it's a great travel product because I think tons of people use that and, and would love to use that. So that's a, that's a great recommendation, Dean. I'm gonna, it's a good holiday gift too, another thing to add to the another list. Another one you can stocking stuffer with this one. That's true. That will fit easily in a stocking. So my uh, next recommendation is something I alluded to earlier. I talked about using apps for hotels, and that that is actually uh, my second set of recommendations. So as I mentioned before, what these apps allow you to do, once you log in with your information, they'll have your rewards points history on there. They'll let you check in early if that's available. You can submit requests for your stay in advance, like like early check-in, or if you want extra pillows and towels, whatever you want. Uh, some of the apps, I think Marriott in particular, or maybe it was Hilton, lets you use the app as a room key, which quite honestly I tried. I wasn't able to do. I still was using the regular room key the hotel gave me on my most recent trip. But in an ideally, in an ideal world, it would work as a key. One of the things that may be possible, I'm not sure if this is true, I think they're more likely to give you room upgrades if you use the app. And the reason I say that is because on a recent trip where I checked in with the app and had all my information in there, when I arrived at the hotel, they immediately put me into a, a suite, which was something I didn't mm-hmm. expect. So I encourage you. I know Marriott has one, and that's good, by the way, in terms of Disney, if you're staying at the Swan and Dolphin, because those are now part of the Marriott Bonvoy uh, system. And Hilton has Has anyone one. said Bonvoy to you? Sorry to interrupt, but I got to know. Bonvoy? Is that, am I even saying that right? Bonvoy! Has anyone actually <laughs> said that? No. 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 It's only in the ad. 
It's only in the air. <laughs> no, I hate it, and I I just want to call them all SPG or Starwood. I, yes. I, you know, I I don't like them. I mean, I, I like Marriott. Marriott's fine, but I can't stand the Bonvoy stuff. I get emails from them constantly. Um, and, and you know, just to back up, I'm not even sure necessarily having the app is. I bet app helps even more. But any yeah. of these places you're going, unless you really despise spam email, sign up for their their frequent rewards program. Yeah. Even if you don't travel enough to get the rewards, sometimes just being a member of their reward system can get you that upgrade. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's great advice. Uh, do you guys remember when Starwood and Marriott merged, how they made you combine your accounts online? Nightmare. It was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most frustrating, difficult things I've ever had to do it was on like a computer. Disney was running their technology is what it was like. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So uh, that's my next recommendation, apps for particular hotel brands. And now uh, let's go around the table one more time. Paul, let's turn it over to you. Uh, my last one, and it's actually something you might use in your day-to-day, -day, but I really uh, tend to get a workout when I do travel, is using a food-finding app like Yelp, particularly away from Disney. But just finding a restaurant, you know, if I don't want to go to a chain, um, to get local reviews is good. Um, sometimes TripAdvisor tends to give me tourist-type reviews, which is not exactly what I'm always looking for, particularly if I'm in a city. I want to see where do the locals go. I want to get you know the day-to-day -day person that goes into this deli, right. as an example, in the Northeast, or this particular taco place if I'm in the Southwest. You know, I don't want to go to Chipotle. But when I'm in San Antonio, I want to go to where the locals get their breakfast tacos because I'm a big taco fan and mm -hmm. I will eat tacos any meal of the day. But you won't necessarily get that with like TripAdvisor because that tends to be like, oh, go here. It's next to the airport. Mm -hmm. I, I want to go. And literally the best breakfast taco place we found is one of the strip malls. And it's one of those places that has like one door storefront and like the row of seats. And that's it. Fantastic. It was like a dollar for a breakfast taco. That's a great recommendation, Paul, because... You know, normally when people travel, they're so focused. Like if they're going to Disney World, for example, they're so focused on the Disney restaurants for every meal. But maybe it's good to go to a local place just as a change. That's not a chain. You know what I mean? Or if you need something quicker, yeah. you want a burrito or taco, you don't want to go to Chipotle. You get that recommendation. So that's actually that, – that's a, that's a way that an app that people use every day just in their regular lives can come in handy on a trip. Yeah, and I mean, and even if you are going to Walt Disney World, if you're staying off property, don't yeah. eat only on I-4. Please. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many places and there's actually people on Twitter, you know, definitely in the Disney Twitter sphere that are imploring you not to eat only on I-4. Right. And not to eat only at the theme parks, especially if you go often, you know, try some of these other places. Agreed. A great, great choice, Paulie. Thank you. Uh, Dean, how about you? I, I almost had to yell at Polly. I thought he was stealing mine because mine is actually right up that same alley. Um, but the, the app that I like to use for recommendation and for dining, for booking your reservations is Open Table. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, and, you know, I know it's not a new app. I think it's very popular. But I think people sometimes forget about Open Table when they're on vacation. And Open Table is really helpful to, first of all, get the reservation. Uh, easy to do on the fly, which is kind of nice. And it's actually one of the ways I've expanded, like we're talking about being down at Disney. I've used Open Table to find places that are near Disney property that are not Disney restaurants because I am a, a Disney bubbleist, for so to speak. So I kind of like to be at Disney all the time. But when we go on our, our longer trips, uh, you know, we, we've had trips down there 10, 11, 12 days or more. Uh, 
after a while, just from a budget perspective, it's nice to break away from the $32 Disney breakfast buffet and get off property and go find they don't have you know a northeast diner like we have in, in Connecticut or New Jersey, but their version of it, some sort of small breakfast place. And you know, I could easily look up a Waffle House and go there. And I know that's cultural in the in that area, so it's it's kind of cool to do it because we don't really have Waffle House in Connecticut. Um, but I want to find something even less commercial than that. And Open Table can sometimes help you find those smaller type restaurants, those local restaurants. But it also helps you manage your time a little bit, right. and it does have the recommendation section as well. On top of that, you can also earn points for free dining gift cards. So after twenty or after mm. two thousand points, you can get a twenty dollars gift card. If you save up and get to five thousand points, they'll send you a fifty dollars gift card. It's good at any of the restaurants that takes an open table reservation, mm. and a normal reservation is a hundred points. But if you get a special reservation, which will just be labeled in the app, really it's a promotional thing. You can get a thousand points a clip. Mm. So it doesn't take that long to go ahead and, and accumulate enough points to get yourself a little discount at one of your next dining uh, dining experiences. So I like Open Table. Like I said, it's it's similar to some of those other ones that Paul was mentioning, but I think the reward system keeps me going back there. I, I love that choice. Something else I really like about using Open Table is that if you do need to modify or cancel your reservation, it's extremely easy to do. You can go to your confirmation email you get after booking the reservation, and there's a very easy-to-find link that takes you to the modification or cancel page. And it's hassle-free. You don't need to get on the phone with anyone. It's very easy to use. So that's that's a great recommendation, uh, Dean. Thank you for that. Uh, for my final one, I wanted to do something that was kind of tied to the theme parks because I've used this product at theme parks because I often go when it's very hot there. And uh, once I started using this product, I can't imagine going to a theme park without it. And it's a very simple product. It's not anything complex. But before a recent trip, I went to the local Walmart and I bought one of those uh, bottles, spray bottles with a fan attached that's battery powered. Now, they sell this at Disney World, for example, but it's very pricey. They, it may be at least $20 for this. Does yours have yeah. lights? <laughs> no, it doesn't have theirs, lights. I think, are around $25. you are right. It's right. Expensive. Yeah, a drawback to getting it at Walmart is that it doesn't sync to Mickey's leg <laughs> movements in the uh, <laughs> nighttime spectacular, which in turn is synced to Disneyland Paris. <laughs> I don't, I don't right. necessarily need all that. But if that's your thing, that's cool. That's good. That's good. We want <laughs> we want to encourage all types of fans on this podcast. But uh, for me, it's just something very simple, and it came in very handy because when I was away in Disney in August and you sweat just by waking up in the morning and you don't even have to go outside, you're sweating, uh, it's really nice. And when you're walking through the theme parks and it gets tiring and if you're dehydrated, it just is kind of a pick-me-up to spray that cold water on your face, have the fan blow, and it's just tremendous. It, it's simple. And it's, it's kind of almost silly to say, but this product is, it, it actually has really changed my vacations for the better. I don't know if you guys have used something like this on your trips, but it really just makes the whole walking in the heat and humidity a, a whole lot easier. No, we, we have, and we, we actually got suckered into buying one of the Disney ones years ago, but we bring it back with us. Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you, if you have little kids and you're pushing a stroller, this is a great product because you can hand it to them. They'll spritz themselves in the face all day. So it keeps them entertained. Right. It keeps them cool. You got the fan because that heat really does get trapped. You want the hood up on your stroller to keep your child out of the sun, but then it traps the heat. Mm -hmm. So this helps move the air a little bit for your child. It helps get them a little bit cooler. I'll give you a corollary, a, a, not really a similar product, but the same goal of the product, which I thought you were going to say when you first started talking, is uh, um, have you ever gotten the cool towels? 
No. So a quilt no. towel, it's a fabric that it, it, it will engage once it's wet, and it gives you a, a really good cool down. And they're real simple to use. They dry very quickly. We bring them in like Ziploc plastic baggies, and then we'll wet, wet them at a water fountain or you know, pour water into them, and then you just snap them. And they have like a, I don't know if it's something with the fabric or whatever, but it, it gives you more of a cooling sensation than just like wetting a towel and wrapping it around your neck. And it doesn't really drip on you too much. And we have a couple of them that we bring particularly for Disney World. So uh, another, um, a bonus one, if you will. That, yeah. That's my... My not quite on the top three. That's my others receiving vote. Is no, that that's great. That's a great, great recommendation. Thank you, Dean. And uh, Paul, you ever use one of these uh, fans or cool towels? Uh, we haven't. Uh, we've thus far resisted buying them for our daughter, who, of course, is a teenager now. But even when we went when she was little, um, not for any other reason than um, just really frugality. Um, we've also got them for her when she played soccer and the fan portion she seemed to break within about three or four <laughs> seconds right um so uh what we would do in 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 exchange for that i mean for all those reasons we would tend to try and schedule going to attractions that were on a little bit of the longer side and indoors yeah. um, which you can't always do uh, but you know we, we we would alternate for example big thunder mountain with a country bear jamboree and then straight over to haunted mansion um, you know, as a, as an example of just something that we would do, uh, instead of spending the, and I think you're right. I think they're like maybe, maybe $10 at Walmart or Target, um, to get these things. But, you know, it also has the added benefit of being reusable. And if you're really in a pinch, you can drink the water. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just make sure it's filtered with a Brita thing first. Yeah. <laughs> Use go. the Brita thing. No, that won't work. This whole episode has been a ploy to sink all of our recommendations. Right. And you One can dump large. it on your watch and it's waterproof, so you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are great recommendations. I'm definitely going to follow your tips when I travel in the future, and I know all of our listeners will as well. Uh, it's just great stuff. We're going to link to the products we discussed. And now we're going to turn the show to our Stuff We Love segment. And this is the part of the show where the hosts will give you a recommendation, which we've already been doing tonight. But uh, this is a, something in every episode, regardless of what we talk about. This could be a movie that we recommend, a song, an album, a book, a video game. We've already covered the travel products, I think, on this show. So it would be weird if one of you guys had a travel product recommendation. <laughs> but uh, let's go around the table. Uh, Paul, let's start off with you. What's your Stuff We Love recommendation? For the Stuff We Love recommendation, and it's going to hit on a lot of the things that I love, but specifically – it is the Imagineering Story series that is currently airing on Disney+. Plus. This, in particular, is something that is developed for Disney Plus exclusively, and it is a iWorks documentary series, docu-series, six episodes. The third episode dropped today. Um, new episodes drop on Fridays. And in particular, it takes a look at the history of Disney Imagineering, and there are archival footage there is footage of walt disney back from the pre-formation days of disneyland we're talking the early 50s like 1951 when he wanted to build a studio tour which got shot down then he wanted to build kind of a mickey mouse park across from the studio and that got shot down by the uh <laughs> by the planning board for the for the city so which led him to create disneyland over in anaheim in an orange grove and then so on and so forth um, the episode that just dropped today as we record this is the one that covers the early Michael Eisner years and the formation of 
Disney MGM Studios and um, Disneyland Paris were the Euro Disney, as it was known back at that time. Fantastic. I mean, just if you have any, any interest in the history of Disney theme parks, uh, you've got to check out the series. See it. You've got to see it. I mean, they show stills of production art. They interview the original Imagineers. They interview um, more recent Imagineers about the experience that the older Imagineers went through, who are unfortunately no longer with us. They have people that worked with Walt. They had people that worked with the people that worked with Walt. They have the people that are currently working there who worked with people who worked with people who worked with Walt. It is amazing. There is a very young Joe Rohde that was in the episode that dropped today. Mm. And um, as I mentioned... Is earring small? No earring. He has a huge mustache. He looks like the (laughs) colonel. (laughs) Not for nothing. He looks like the colonel from the uh, aforementioned Pleasure Island... uh, Adventurers Club, which I know is near and dear to Dean's heart. It had Tom Morris, who was that Imagineer that we had had on our show. Um, He was talking about the creation of Euro Disney, and specifically he was going over the plans and the construction of the Sleeping Beauty Castle in the then Euro Disney, now Disneyland Paris. Yeah, it's great. I am uh, one episode into it. I'm a little bit behind with everything I've been watching, but the first episode, which deals with Disneyland, just absolutely blew me away. The quality of the footage, the remastering of the footage, it looks like it was filmed today. To see the development of that theme park and those interviews, it's its just, if you're into Disney like we are, it is the perfect documentary show. It's just, it's made for people like us and for our listeners. So I, I think that's a great choice. Thank you, Paul, for that. Uh, Dean, what is your stuff? I'm allowed to do anything random, right? Anything you want. Anything, because I don't know why. I mean, I love lots of things, but for some reason, when we were talking about this uh, and thinking about this, I, I tied it into stuff I love to do when I'm passing the time while I travel. Okay. And so part of this is telling you what I do, but part of this is fishing for new ideas because, you know, think about when I'm hanging out in the airport and trying to pass time. Of course, I jump on Twitter, I look to text you guys, tweet you guys, all that fun stuff. But I have been playing a, a couple of apps that I was going to mention. Great. So, of course, on the Disney side, we got Disney Emoji Blitz and Disney Magic Kingdoms, and those have been filling my times, but I also spend far too much time playing games like Bricks and Balls and Farm Hero Super Saga. And so these are mindless apps that entertain me, that are free to download, that are definitely clickbait and fishing for your dollars to buy upgrades. <laughs> uh, so be, be careful. Uh, Especially today, Emoji Blitz. Yeah, so today <laughs> Emoji Blitz has gotten me a little bit. I think I've spent a few bucks there. Uh, Kingdoms, I think I bought something once. Uh, try to justify it and say, you know, I just won't get a latte today, so I'll save five bucks at Starbucks and uh, buy a couple more coins and gems to use. Um but, you know, these are just mindless games that I, I have on the phone, and it's really, I kind of wanted to just put a bow on, on the whole idea of the travel and the rest of my time, particularly when I'm by myself and, and hanging out in an airport. But you guys have any of these types of games that uh, fill up your free time? Paul, I have first. one. Yep. Yeah, I have one. Um, and I have to blame Super, Super Winnie Hut Jr. on Twitter for this one. It is not a free app. It is a two ninety nine or three ninety nine. I can't remember. But it's called Mini Metro, and it is a very simple premise. You are building from scratch actual subway systems or rail systems in real-world cities. It is a very simple interface, and you basically have to build lines between stations as they pop up. So you start with three stations, and you start with two lines. 
and you can add, you know, over the course of time, it'll give you like a train to add, or you can add another line, but you have to choose. And your choices make a difference as to what you can do as you go forward. When I tell you it is graphically simple, the passengers you're trying to move from station to station either want to go to the rectangle station, the circle station, or the triangle station. <laughs> and they will get on your train, and the train is like on the red line, the blue line, the green line. And it goes from the triangle station to the circle station, and then it leaves your system. As it gets more complex, it starts popping up stations that you didn't quite plan for. So you have to figure out how to change your route. And you can move your route. Um, you can tunnel under rivers, but you only get a certain amount of tunnels. So sometimes you have a really great plan for a train line, and then all of a sudden, wait, where the, where, wait, why is there a station there? I don't have another tunnel, and it's on an island. So now you have to plan reroute to take out a tunnel on one of your other lines so you can put in a tunnel over here. It is ridiculously simple in concept. It's very easy to learn to play. It is infuriatingly difficult to continue past a certain level if you're really into it. And what's the name of that? Mini Metro, did you say? Mini Metro. It is so fun. Like when I tell you graphically simple, it's literally lines. It's just lines. There's no like 3D. Um, the maps look like those um, Art Deco, very bold colors. That's great. Now that's that's good to know because I'm looking for new new games for my phone. I don't play many. I've been playing Mario Kart Tour, which right. is out and it's fun. It's okay. It gets a little repetitive, but uh, these are all good. So I'm going to download some of these and uh, use them to pass the time. That's great. So my stuff we love recommendation is the uh, are the new AirPods Pro. I had use the first generation airpods and i i love them they were easy to use they didn't really fall out of my ears i loved the way they charged when you put them in the case then the second generation came out i did an upgrade but then the new airpods pro came out and on twitter my friend at dr kai uh tweeted that he had gotten the airpods pro and that he loved them and that kind of started to sell me on upgrading I was intrigued by some of the improvements i love the fact that these were now noise canceling that they had these silicon uh, cushions that would go in your ear. I thought they would be a little more comfortable. And I've been using the new AirPods Pro for, I guess, a, around two weeks approximately. And I, I do love them. They're extremely comfortable. The noise canceling is very good. It's not as good as I had on my Bose Quiet Comfort ones, but it does make a difference. The case is still great. The battery life is good. I did have to change the size of the silicon cushion in my ear because it just didn't fit right. It was an easy change to make. Uh, and I've been very happy with the AirPods Pro. So that is my Stuff We Love recommendation. And that also, of course, comes in handy when traveling. Because if you're on a plane and you want to turn on the noise canceling, you just you could do it by actually literally squeezing, the, squeezing one of the AirPods, which is very cool. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Dean, for joining us on this episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. Before I take us to uh, where you can find the Stuff We Love podcast on social media, I want to give you the chance to... Tell us one more time where we can find your podcast and also to tell us a little bit about Adventures Out There Travel, which is the travel agency that uh, helps you plan your Disney vacations. I've used Adventures Out There Travel many times. I love them. I've found them wonderful to work with. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more? Go ahead. Sure. It's Dean. You can find me on Twitter. I am at CT underscore Mickey underscore man. And I am co-owner and agent of Adventure Is Out There Travel, and we are, I guess I'll call us a Disney-focused travel agency, but we certainly send people on vacations more than just Disney. We are looking to be your travel partner, so appreciate the opportunity. 
opportunity to plug it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Adventures Out There Travel. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a website. You can email me, Dean at Adventures Out There Travel dot com, or Paul at Adventures Out There Travel dot com. As yes. if you want to reach out to Paulie. And Paulie, I'll let you give the contact information for the podcast. Yeah, sure. You can find us on Twitter at Butter and Bacon. Uh, you can find us on Gmail, which is weird. I don't know where you'd find us. You can send us an email <laughs> at butterandbaconpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we are on Stitcher. We are on iTunes. Well, now it's on podcasts. We are on Spotify, I think. And um, I believe we're also on, what are we on? We're on Mixler. We're, we're basically anywhere you can find the podcast. Um, your favorite podcast aggregator of choice. Um, we have years of back episodes. We have new content coming um, on a fairly regular when I get the time to edit basis. And um, yeah, we definitely you can hear my dulcet tones, Dean's fantastic voice, and Amy's awesome, awesome show leading content. Yes. Unfortunately, she couldn't be with us today, but um, yeah, it, it, we, we we have fun. Basically, I'll put it to you that way. It is a fun if you podcast. like fun. If you like fun, <laughs> then you'll like our show. And, uh, Paul, where can we find you on Twitter? What's your personal uh, uh, name? Oh, me. I am YoPaulieNJ on Twitter. And I'll say one more thing about adventures out there, which I, I really think is important for Disney fans to know. I've been to Disney World a million times. I really am familiar with so many aspects of Walt Disney World. But even for somebody like me, the advice I got from adventures out there, from everything, from picking a hotel to choosing my restaurants to what fast passes to book I found to be invaluable. So even for a Disney World veteran like me, I found using adventures out there travel to be a tremendous way to enhance my trip experience. So I'm very grateful for the help you've given me booking my Disney trips. So Wow, thanks Scott. Of course, of course. I might put that into an advertisement. That was good. I'm happy to <laughs> give the testimony anytime. <laughs> so uh, in terms of the Stuff We Love podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod. We're on Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a Facebook page, which we encourage you to go and like. Our website is StuffWeLovePodcast.com. Uh, we have a blog on that website, which we are planning on updating pretty soon. You can write to us, StuffWeLovePodcast at gmail.com. And please continue to leave us those five-star reviews on iTunes. It makes it easier for others to find the show as well. And you can listen to us on all po podcast platforms that are out there, including, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, on Spotify. So uh, that's it for this episode. To our listeners who celebrate, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, let's go around the table one more time. I'm Scott. I'm Dean. And I'm Paulie. And you have been listening to the Stuff We Love podcast. <laughs>